So Kelly, I rode for the first time again this week after about three months. Three months of no riding at all. Yes. And before that, it was kind of like one ride. And then a month before that, another ride. So it wasn't like three months ago, I was riding regularly. I was very proud of myself. I made it an hour and a half. And how was that? (laughs) Well, it's funny because Karen and I, I was with my friend Karen and we made a joke that, you know how when you're fit and you're doing a ride that's longer than you're used to, right? So for me now, an hour and a half, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) you you sometimes can, like if you're really fit, you can kind of eat your way into. Oh yeah, I've done that. You're like, I'll just eat for this hundred miles and it'll be fine. You just eat more and then you're fine. Well, apparently I learned firsthand, it doesn't really work when you're not fit. Like you eat, you eat some and it doesn't make you feel any better. That's weird. Yeah. I did that because I did that one time. I did a hundred miler on a similar, like hadn't been riding my bike. And I was like, I'll just eat all the food. Did it work? Yeah, totally. I mean, I didn't feel good by the end because I I had eaten like brie and figs and a brisket, but... As you do. But I think that you probably had more base fitness than I do. I think my my starting point's pretty low. I mean, I am faster than you, Sarah. So Mm -hmm. there's no (laughs) doubt about that right now. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code RIDING at Askkicker Inc. Inc. with a K dot com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at cravejerky.com. That is Crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. So you got a lot of responses to our theme song last week or this week. I did. Yeah. So last week in the episode, if anybody missed it, we played our entire theme song, which is called My Time by an artist that I don't recall. Um, <laughs> and we asked I feel people, like you should have looked that up before we started recording. I have made an effort to try to refine that song from where I, because I bought the rights for it off of one of those royalty-free music download places. Um, and I just can't find the song again. And and when you Google my time, shockingly, it doesn't come out with the song. All right. So marketing advice for whoever this artist is. People apparently are into your song. Right. People are into your they song. they have emailed yeah. us. Yes. And yeah, so I'm pleased to say that I had a number of emails saying how many saying that people loved the song and we had some good shares on social media and one person even did a video with their dog the song so I'm very happy that people like the song so if you like the theme song and want to email us let me know I also um sent the file to a couple people so if anyone wants a song for their iPod I got it do people use iPods anymore 
I, I think so. What, what would they use instead? Their phone. Isn't it just going to cut? Don't you think it's headed that way? It's going to be like all one device no, all the time. No, I don't run with my phone. I don't run with my phone. Controversial statement. Most controversial thing I'll say today. I don't run with my phone. That's stupid. But okay, we have another thing for our listeners slash readers since they're so, since they always respond so well. Women's elite triathlon squats. I mentioned this in the newsletter. Mm. Do they exist? And we're talking like the elite level, like the sh- like Shalane Flanagan has a women's group that she trains with. There's the whole New York Times story about the Shalane effect, like raising up all these other women. And they're all like top, top marathoners and world champion 10K runners and that kind of like that level. Right. Does that exist in triathlon? I had one reader email me about their like elite triathlon women's training group. They're starting in Portland. Um, that's like, I think like mostly elite age groupers and like uh, some starting out pros. And I know there are like elite squads that are co-ed, like especially in Europe around ITU, especially, but I'm not aware. Are you aware of like a women's only equivalent to like Shalane Flanagan? Yeah, no. I mean, like you say, not at that level. So I know there's one squad called the Vixens in Colorado. But again, I think they're elite age groupers, maybe entry level pro women. I'm not 100% sure, but nothing on this sort of world champion winning kind of level. Um, What's interesting to me is that I my I was part of an elite squad for many years in my career. And I almost experience it as if it's a women's squad, because imagine this, like (laughs) at that level, when you have guys at that level, like you're not really training with them. Right. It just doesn't matter. You're like, okay, they did something and we did something. They did something in the lane beside us. Although swimming's the biggest crossover, but still not very much, right? Or riding. Like I'm not, I was part of a squad one year where literally the men were like Chris McCormack, Ronnie Sheltnick, who I think won Ironman Switzerland like six or seven times. Like I'm not riding with these guys, right? Like I rode with the women. It's like Lisa See, Norton. See, Sarah, maybe, maybe that was your problem. Maybe you set your sights too low. Too low. You I should go for the, yourself. I should exactly. go for the men's win. Exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. So speaking of elite triathlon, um, this week, the ITU and Super League made some kind of agreement did you read a the press memorandum release? of understanding yeah right. and i was all like oh well <laughs> uh which apparently sounds like it's a fancy term for they're going to figure their schedules out so that people can race both events which is actually a much like at first you're like okay whatever but that's actually a bigger deal than it sounds like because i feel like this has been a problem before when events try to get off the ground like when series and races because you need the best people or you're not going to get spectators and no one's going to care and the best people can't race everything on the same day right right? they which is like last year i think 70.3 worlds was like six days before itu worlds right like that's problematic yes 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 so my understanding i two years ago now i interviewed mary sol casada Sato, who is the head of the ITU. And Which, we should also be clear, is the International Triathlon Union. So yes. it oversees all the like Olympic races and everything. Yes. So at the time, I'm not sure if this is still accurate, but at the time, she was the only female head of a summer sport federation. Um, hmm. So, yeah, pretty cool. And I, I had it. I did an interview with her and I asked her quite a lot about like leadership. I feel like I got a good feel for her like leadership vibe, if you will. Um, and one thing I really noted was that Mary Saul is a team player, right? So that picture that was on the press release that you probably saw, it was like Mary Saul shaking the hands with whoever the 
head guy is from Super League. Isn't it Chris McCormick? Isn't that the head no, guy? that was him. He has a Chris McCormick has a bunch of guys he works with. I know that yeah, yeah. Michael like Dulce the is in there. Oligarch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another guy. Um, but yeah, so Marisol, very much a team player. And I know that sometimes the butting heads of Marisol with Iron Man are not because the ITU doesn't want to play with others in the sandbox. Um, so what you're saying, what I'm hearing here is that the reason 70.3 worlds and ITU worlds were so close together as to make it almost impossible for people to do both, though Javi for the win, right? Totally did it anyway, um, yep. is not because of ITU. Probably not in my in my understanding. Um, I think okay if you if you break this down right, the ITU is a federation. Federations generally tend to, uh, what would you say, prioritize things like development of the sport. They're worried about the next generation. They're worried about gender equality. The things that like sport in society type questions definitely play into their decisions. Whereas Iron Man is a business, so if they don't need something then they don't care which is not us being me i always feel like people act like i'm being super cynical when i say stuff like that's just what business means that's that's the definition of i don't know how else to break it to you yes that is what business is um so yeah so i mean that's good i think it's really good to see athletes because especially because a lot of the itu races for the the what used to be the olympic distance are also now sprint races in their right um, championship series so you have a lot of super fast racing and those are going to be the same athletes that do super league i feel sorry i'm looking and i'm seeing a fedex guy pull up and i feel like there's going to be a doorbell that rings in a second and then my (laughs) cats are going to go crazy so if that happens that is what what is going on but there was another thing i did talk about in the newsletter that is also going to be highly controversial and you wanted to discuss more i just want can we guess what it was (laughs) people figure it out I just wanted to call you out on your your comments about the swimsuit, the Sports Illustrated the Sports swimsuit Illustrated issue. swimsuit issue. I said in the newsletter that yes, it is problematic for obvious reasons, guys. But like, let's like set that aside. <laughs> let's set that aside and assume that we live in a world where like, there's the doorbell. Doorbell. Okay, so which, shall we take a pause? Oh no, it's fine. They're dropping off skis. I think because I'm doing a ski race this weekend. A ski race? Side point here. What kind of ski race? A cross-country ski race. I was convinced to do it by my husband. But I only have one speed at skiing, guys. Otherwise, I fall down. So I'm just going to go my one speed. It's going to be great. Wow. So for the sake of the podcast, you are now risking your skis being stolen by them being left outside. It's because we have to talk some suit issues. So Sarah, Sarah has some very... What was that? I was about to make funny. Very boring points to make here, guys. I think very <laughs> standard <laughs> points. I think you okay. I think you glossed over. For some people, would see the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition as a demeaning sexualization of one group by another group, and you moved quickly to no real problem that you have no real problem with models in swimsuits. Which I don't. Like, to be completely 100% fair, if women are choosing to make a living by modeling all kinds of things, because no one just is a swimsuit model, to be super clear, why do you have a problem with that? Why do you hate women making money? Like, I watched, and I said this in the newsletter, enough America's Next Top Model to appreciate that Tyra Banks is a businesswoman, right? She knows what she's doing. She, like, makes money. Modeling is a skill. It is a skill I do not have. Yes, it is a little, like, it is somewhat about being attractive, but a lot of those people are not super more attractive before all the, make like, before everything. 
so I have I don't actually have a problem with models now okay so but now yes it's okay I will let you finish go ahead does it have anything to do with sports or like should we have models on our sports magazines in an effort to clearly denote that this is under the guise of you know heterosexual masculinity and sports are solely for heterosexual men and we are just like feeding up female models for them like obviously that is it's ridiculous like obviously it's ridiculous so i don't, don't care that. that much i don't know i know i can't like i don't care i don't like okay fair enough i read i did click through your i did click through to the um the swimsuit edition like the the editor's letter right so the right? whole reason i included it in the newsletter was because sides like yes obviously it is fundamentally sexist yes there are problems but the point that I was trying to make was that what's always interesting to me about the Swartz Illustrated Swimsuit issue is that it captures a moment in time really well. Because like over time, they've included like minority models before many other mainstream issues did. They included like plus size models before others, whatever. And right now, this moment in time, it's like clearly struggling with how to grapple with the Me Too movement with our like new recognition of women as people. And the editor's <laughs> letter, the editor's letter is the most hilarious example I've seen of someone right. literally like trying to wrestle this out as he like can't quite work through it right. on his own. And he can't yeah. quite work through it on his own because he has to he has to be able to he, he can get down the lines of okay, we're gonna have more diversity in our models and we're gonna have I don't know what they consider plus size models, but more, you know, diversity of body types and minor include minority models and stuff like that. Okay, fine. But he's not willing to question or go over the line of heterosexual men are their main audience and he's not willing to like kind of say that 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 is the you know that that's well the I mean that's just that is the group. reality I've heard that Sports Illustrated makes like a huge portion I can't remember the exact numbers of its money off this one issue every year there's a huge number of subscribers that subscribe primarily for this issue so they can be like oh honey it just showed up I didn't buy it <laughs> um, that's like true and so yeah. that's just the reality like it is it a large portion of their audience is still heterosexual men. Like, does that mean we need to exclude everyone else? Like, no, obviously not. Um, what I thought was so funny in his editor's letter was he was like, this is fun. It's a diversion, but also we're about empowerment. And then he like, so they had a whole spread this year. I'm assuming you didn't read it. So let me tell you about what they had in okay. the swimsuit issue. I did not read the swimsuit issue. So they Go had ahead. a whole spread of like where the models got to pick words to like put on themselves. And some of them were also like female athletes like Allie Raisman was in there and they picked their own words and then they were shot in black and white. And, uh, and then one of the models wrote this essay that, cause you, there's always interactive elements online to go with the photo shoots. <laughs> obviously, Sarah, if you've <laughs> read them. <laughs> obviously. And so one of the models for this essay that was all like, I'm a swimsuit model and a feminist deal with it. And you're like, okay, sure. Like, sure. Like, I, I, yeah. I, okay. I, I wasn't I not deal dealing with that. With that. Yeah. Yeah. So, this was the point, though, that the editor was really hung up on. And then he was like, women can be empowering even without their clothes on. Right. It was like the dichotomy of, okay, so I wrote down a quote. Like, he was like, that's what Sports Illustrated Swimsuit is all about. Colon. Empowerment and respect for self, but also respect for others, respect for beauty in all its forms. And right below it was a picture of Danielle Harrington in a swimsuit with her legs open. And so, like, Sarah, just, that's like, just a pose. It's like any on. pose. Why are you reading into it? 
<laughs> anyway, so the whole reason I wanted to pull out this conversation was just to say that we um, we're not ignoring the, um, the the fact that objectifying one group sexually may be offensive yeah. to some people, and, and it kind of is to me. It kind of is. I think that's very first wave feminism. I'm on like my fifth wave. It's fine. <laughs> Where I really hope that ultimately we get to this point. This is all going to come together in a second. We get to a point where keep the swimsuit issue. Like, I don't care. But also then cover female athletes. Like, keep podium girls, but also have women's races and podium guys. Right? If we just lose podium girls and don't add women's races, if we just like, oh, we have to get rid of the swimsuit issue because, you know, people are upset about it, but then we don't like, then women still only make up 4% of the athletes on Sports Illustrated covers, then that's not like, that's not a victory, right? Like, I feel like we're playing with bumper bowling where yeah. we like are like, well, you can't have nice things until you learn how to respect women. And so we like take it, like we're taking things away. And I know what we're taking, I understand that what we're taking away is the recognition of like women as people. I mean, yes, <laughs> right. I get that. All right. Okay. But like, it feels like we're not, we haven't, ad- like, why don't we add things? Why don't we like make it, if we're about fun, why don't we also have like a male swimsuit issue, right? Like right. we don't need to take away or yeah. just like add. Yeah. I, okay. I agree with you. I think it's a little unrealistic, but I can agree with that. I think too, that it's possible. I think it's unrealistic to think people aren't going to want to see people in swimsuits. Right. <laughs> that's, that's not, I, okay. I think it's possible to say that I don't like it. I'm offended by it. I won't look at it. I understand that there's a huge portion of the population that are offended by it. And at the same time say to each their own, like that if someone is experiencing being a model in that issue as empowering, I am not going to take that away from them. So I think I can like, I can hold both those things like, in, Oh, okay. You can just yeah. like the editor. See, he was trying to hold all those thoughts. In his yeah. Head he he was still time. missing a couple thoughts <laughs> to be fair. If you didn't read it in the newsletter, the sports illustrated editors, sports illustrated editors, swimsuit edition cover letter. You need to go read it because it really does encapsulate how much I feel like people are struggling to reconcile conflicting ideas at this moment in time. Yes. I will leave you with one interesting thought on the Sports Illustrated topic. Shoot. So when I was discussing this with people, I was like, well, it is like really messed up if more swimsuit models have been on the cover of Sports Illustrated than female athletes, right? Like that that's problematic. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked it up and there was a, like some researchers at some university counted all the covers a couple of years ago. And it's, it's just, it is four point something percent of covers, not counting the swimsuit issue, have female athletes on the cover. But before 1965, women made up 12.6% of covers. So it's gone down, which has more to do oh. with the mass commercialization of football and basketball than anything else. Okay. So it's more that the men's sports grew. Right. And became like money makers. And then you, you know, became the machines that they are today. Right. And so women like went to the wayside, but I think that's interesting. That is. That is an interesting factoid. Thank you. Okay, I want to ask you about this half-pipe skier that you interviewed this week. So the woman, you're going to have to tell me her name because I forget, who went to the Olympics, who basically went into the half-pipe into her skis and famously kind of just slid from side to side and that was it. Like, she didn't really belong in the Olympic Games, per se, but you got to talk to her, right? Okay, her name is Elizabeth Sweeney, and she would like you to know that she technically did three tricks when oh, she, she did. Yeah. So most people were like, oh, she didn't do any tricks. She just skied from one side of the half pipe to the other and back and forth. But technically, she did two alley oops and one small 360. So there you go. Okay. 
And I'm, I mean, is she really worse than the, like the guy who came in 30 minutes after the winner in the cross country skiing, um, from Mexico, I think it was right. Like, is she worse or is it just more visible? I don't know, but I did get to talk to her a bunch this past week. Cause I'm doing a story about her that's going to run like later this week. And I didn't include, I mean, it was mostly just a profile of her. So I didn't include this so much in it, but what I thought was really interesting was talking to her. I'm not sure that she knew she wasn't that good because she's also right. tried out when you talk to her, she, she started out as a skeleton athlete. She's also tried out for like the Oakland Raiders cheerleaders. She was like genuinely upset that she didn't make the finals in the half pipe. Didn't you say she ran for office too? Yeah. She ran for governor. So like, and I don't, I, and it sounds all crazy. It sounds like she's just like, this is all a joke, but having talked to her, I think she genuinely didn't realize that she was obviously going to fail, right? Like she right. just had, doesn't have that thing that we all have in our brains that says, of course, you're going to be terrible at this. Don't do it. Right. So she's missing that kind of filter that tells her that she can't do something and she just mm-hmm. does it anyway. There's Which is like cool crazy. Mm-hmm. Cra- what would you do? If you were missing the thing that told you you can't do something, probably die. Because I feel like most people who are missing that, you need like you need the thing that tells you not to do stuff or you fall off cliffs. Right. right. Yes, that's true. That's. Do you think that's the same thing? Like, do you think it's do you think that she goes out and goes rock climbing and almost falls off cliffs? No, because part of the reason she like didn't do tricks in the half pipe was she'd been practicing them. But she's like too scared. Like she can't like translate them from the trampoline or the gymnast gymnastics equipment yeah into the half pipe so like clearly she still has fear she just doesn't have the like the right. self-censoring right that's so interesting okay so what would i do i it's, it's a good question i think honestly i think without that i probably i might probably i might have been a better triathlete you think so I was. like why I think- like would you have just like tried harder I don't know. I think if you, like, let's say 10 years ago when I was new, a new pro, if I had thought I'm going to be world champion, isn't there a higher chance that I would have been world champion? But 10 years ago when I was a new pro, I thought, I think I can win an Ironman. That's what I thought because I had some proof that I could win an Ironman because I came fourth in an Ironman. You know, Um, I didn't seemingly have proof that I could win the world championship. And so I believed that. So maybe... But I don't, I'm not convinced you can believe yourself into being... Good. Like if you've watched American Idol, right? Well, Canadian Idol. I don't know what you guys have, but there's always the people that are really, really bad, but really, really think they're good. They really believe yeah. they're going to be a superstar mm-hmm. and you can't believe yourself into something that you don't have. That's true. I think. That's I don't know. True. Maybe yeah. I just need to try it. What would no. you do? What would you do if you didn't have that, that, those inhibitions? If I didn't, if I didn't like obviously know that I was going to fail, so there was no point in trying. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have gotten a different job, by now, right? Like I probably would have applied for one of those jobs that you're like, oh, well, I, of course I can't run this magazine. No one would hire me. So you would be running a magazine right I now. would be running a magazine, obviously, obviously. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at asskickerinc, inc with a K, dot com. And Crave Jerky, crave with a K, dot com. 
If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. Okay, so this week, you sent me an article that was quite interesting. Apparently, heels, like high heel shoes, are on their way out. Sales have dropped by 12% in the last year. Okay. And while women's sneakers have risen by 37%. This article is pretty hilarious, though, and they're, like, trying to hypothesize why why heels might be out. They're like, well, workplaces are less formal these days. Perhaps women are wearing sneakers to work as if those are like the only two options. Options. I also love some of the like in-depth insights that came out of the article, like heels aren't fun to wear and they don't let me walk fast and they slow me down. Who knew? When was the last time you had to wear heels though? Mm, I wore, I have these little heels, like one, maybe one and a half inches, little ones that I wear that are like sparkly that I wear to our Christmas party every year. It's the same heels. That's terrible. We're going to, that's so unfashionable. No, it's the worst. They're like, they're like really pointy toes. That's probably out by now. Yeah, um, I think that's the is. point. Flats. Yeah. The article also let us know flats are having a moment. Right. So what I loved was that the, the you know how there's that little um, red high heel shoe emoji? Well, there's going to be a ballet flat emoji coming soon. Because they're having a moment. 